2: Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified
1: customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per
2: line connection charge applies. ctmobile.com.
3: Paul Douglas back with you. Thank you for tuning in. DJ producing today. Jordana is going to join us at 4.30 for a quiz. It is International Women's Day, right, DJ? Is that correct?
1: yeah it's are you just, celebrating it sure is Katrina? Yeah, yeah well let me tell you paul the uh the most important people in my life are my ready to count them mother sister wife two daughters those are the yeah. people around me in my life so uh you know sure i'll celebrate today and at my house it's uh woman's day every day <laughs> you celebrate doing yeah it,
3: boy <laughs> you nailed that well said you are correct So Jorah's joining us at 4.30. She was uh, filling in this morning, 9 to noon. Hope you were able to tune in for that. And um, Stephen Belton from the Urban League Twin Cities joining us in just a few minutes. Quick update. Uh, We still have a pandemic, even though things are getting better. Are you you still wearing masks? Are you eating indoors? Are you back to 2019,
1: or are you taking precautions? I think uh, we're about 90% back to normal. You know, okay. there's a few places still ask you to wear a mask, and we try. a lot of. Some places will say optional, and some places say recommended. If they say recommended, I go, that's fine. I've got it in the car already. I'll throw the mask on. So a few places.
3: So now, what, we think of COVID as like a really, really bad case of the <laughs> flu. Yeah, Many of us are going to catch it, but uh, if you're vaccinated and boosted, God willing, you don't wind up in the hospital Mm -hmm. or worse. So, um, yeah, it took Vladimir Putin to put an end to COVID. Just notice, you know, the media, we go from one shiny object to the next, and we're not hearing much about COVID. The insinuation that COVID has magically disappeared is uh, (laughs) not the case. But um, I tell you what. We still have a lot of concerns out there. I saw something in Scientific American today that made me shake my head. More than 614,000 grandparents have died. The U.S. approaching 1 million COVID deaths. An estimated 57% of Americans have not contracted the virus. And many of those have been vaccinated. Many of those have been boosted. But uh, the WHO, I noticed today, said vaccination, including the use of boosters, especially important for people at risk of severe disease. Booster programs in the UK, Canada, and the US have been credited with preventing the surge in Omicron infections from spilling over into hospitals and cemeteries. But again, a million, we're getting close to a million deaths, premature deaths in the United States worldwide at 6 million, according to Johns Hopkins. And some experts say that may only be a third to half the actual number of COVID related fatalities since late 2019. The U S has had more COVID-19 deaths than any nation on earth. Officially 960,000, and it's still going up. And uh, God knows I don't need a brain fog. I'm uh, having enough issues as it is. A new study provides the most conclusive evidence yet that COVID-19 can damage the brain, even in people who weren't severely ill. Again, I'm not making this up. I'm not hyping this. This is... New medical research analysis of brain images from people between the age of 51 and 81 showed those who were infected with COVID-19 had a greater reduction in their brain volumes overall and performed worse on cognitive tests than those who had not been infected. 5.2 million kids worldwide have lost a parent, grandparent, or family caretaker to COVID-19. And we'll see if, if we need a uh, a fourth COVID shot. Might be recommended uh, for all people this fall. So yeah, as, as much as we're fixated, and rightfully so, on what's happening in Ukraine, we still have a pandemic. It seems to be easing. God willing, we'll have a better year, and we can return to some semblance of normalcy and learn to live With uh, with this virus. When we come back, Stephen Belton, Urban League Twin Cities with perspective on the teacher's strike in Minneapolis, what's happening in Ukraine and whatever he wants to talk about. Next, Stephen Belton joins us every Tuesday at this time, right around 420. He's president, CEO, Urban League Twin Cities, pastor, recovering attorney, man about town. Uh, always has a unique perspective and and pretty good on his feet. Uh, you you just can't be phased, Stephen. I I am perpetually impressed by uh, your range, being able to address a lot of topics. Welcome back.
4: Well, thanks, um, and I appreciate it. You know, uh, if if I can't be phased with these topics, it's because you and Jordana um, keep presenting these interesting topics, and um, are willing to put up with my opinions. So thank well, you. Well, look,
3: we we really appreciate your perspective and I, I keep telling people what can you get from radio that you can't get from an app? Perspective, context, analysis, you know, history, all those things. I mean, look, I'm I need to put my phone down just like everybody else, but uh, yeah. learning from history and just getting different viewpoints on this radio station, that's that's what we're trying to do. And um, I'm curious, first teacher strike in Minneapolis since 1970. Uh, what what are your thoughts as a resident of Minneapolis?
4: Well, um, put to the Minneapolis Public Schools, I'm proud to say all three of them graduated from the schools. And uh, so first thing I think about, of course, is Experiences, And I think about the terrific teachers that they had. I think about the things that they learned. I think about, you know, I think about the adults that they are now. And I, uh, you know, a lot of attribution for uh, the fine character that I attribute. And obviously I'm biased with my old kids. Um, but I think, you know, a lot of the attribution goes to you know, what they learned from the schools and not just the, the teachers and the classroom supporters and the principals and administrators, but from the environment that they created from their other, um, you know, from, from being in a diverse, uh, in an intentionally diverse, uh, school system that we chose and elected to, uh, to have them in. So I, I have a lot of gratitude associated with the Minneapolis Public Schools. I have to tell you, Paul, you may not have been aware of this because, uh, you know i I try to hide it in my resume i'm I'm being a little facetious but i was actually uh director of uh of uh, labor relations Uh, i think we called it employee relations at the minneapolis public schools for a number of years and uh, so my job was actually to negotiate these contracts including the uh teacher contracts there were 16 bargaining units that we had at the uh, minneapolis public schools at that time and of course the biggest and most significant of those and the most contentious was always negotiating the uh, teacher's contract, which was up, you know, I don't remember if it was every three or four years, but uh, yeah. So I, part of me goes back to being in those negotiating rooms and uh, you know, for crying out loud, some of the same, oh, the issues continue to return. They're recurring. So the issues about classroom size and about safety and about compensation and about benefits, those are recurring issues. And uh, I always felt like, In those negotiating rooms, Paul, that um, we were arguing over the adult stuff, and I wanted to get back to what was really important, which is, you know, what goes on in the classroom, the environments that we create for learning and to accelerate learning and to close these disparities that we have. But while we're negotiating, I argue over your contracts, which is essential, which is important. um, We were doing the adult stuff, and schools really ought to be about the business of uh, the kids.
3: Yeah, absolutely, and and I know I'm I'm oversimplifying this, but that's what I do. Uh, Saint Paul reached an agreement, and they have the same challenges that Minneapolis has. Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, maybe it is yeah. apples and oranges, but I, I I realize you know teacher pay, class size, more counselors to help students with mental health that's gotten out of whack. Uh, obviously, with the pandemic, the murder of George Floyd. Um, You know, there's this racial reckoning we've been in the middle of um, for the last two years. There's a lot going on. But what advice would you have based on your history with negotiating for for Minneapolis? What what advice would you have right now from what what you've seen, what you've done? Uh, We say we value teachers, and yet we don't really pay them what they're worth. Yeah, no, I we know don't. there are budgets to work with, but uh, what? How, how do we? How do we fix this logjam, Stephen?
4: Well, so first, your comment that St. Paul uh, reached a tentative agreement is correct. The school systems are not identical. It's really pretty. Uh, it's really um, tempting to want to compare the two but st paul is actually the larger of the two districts now it has more students in them um but this really comes down to money and so you've got different challenges in minneapolis than you have in st paul minneapolis is bleeding uh students and part of what the challenge is there is that you know they're losing students at a more rapid rate than st paul is and in some of the other districts people are children are going to uh charter school alternative uh forms of education and uh, so they've got a, a real problem with holding on to the kids that they have and of course every time a student leaves uh, they take their foundation means the formula goes along with them so the basic aid to the district goes down but this comes down to money and uh, it comes down to priorities and the, I think ultimately the school board is going to have to step in The Minneapolis school board is going to have to step in and direct Uh, the superintendent and uh, the leadership there to reach an agreement, to find common ground. Uh, It begins by listening hard, listening carefully, and even listening uncomfortably. And there's nothing comfortable about these labor negotiations, but it doesn't help to finger point. And I was, I did hear a soundbite this morning. I realize it's just a soundbite, but, uh, one of the uh, leaders for the teachers union was demonizing the uh, representative from the HR department. I kind of cringed when I heard that because I don't even know who is negotiating on the part of the Minneapolis public schools who represents HR and those negotiations are the labor relations department. I don't know who that is, uh, but I know that demonizing the individuals and calling them out is not going to be helpful uh, when you got to get back in that room and face each other and try to figure out where the common ground is. And so I think the common ground begins by agreeing that this um you know that this strike is not helping anybody paul uh it's it's you know it may be saving the district a few dollars but it is hurting the kids and since everybody has agreement that the kids come first then let's try to figure it out and uh there's a significant gap between what the district has offered and what they you know i don't know if you've been paying attention to inflation but it's at about seven. Oh, yeah past year and uh, if you're offering a two percent raise the people are going to do the basic math and think that that's not fair whether or not the district can meet that is a different question opening up the books being transparent and listening to each other is a great place to start
3: stephen belton curious to get your take on on ukraine uh and what's happening there with russia invading i know they call it a military operation but uh sure looks like an invasion to me. You can slice and dice it, uh sugarcoat it, but um there are what a hundred fifty, two hundred thousand Russian troops in Ukraine right now yep. trying trying to do by force what they were not able to do diplomatically. So I mean, where does your head go? Is this something that keeps you up at night? Uh, there's a lot of stuff right now keeping us up at night, right?
4: Yeah, it 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 does it's very uh, you know, there's a, an impact, you know, and I guess uh, is it 200 million, I forgot the number that I heard. I think it's 2 million uh, refugees have been created by this in just yeah. 12 days. It's just incredible. And so the pouring of people trying to reach the borders and achieve the borders is concerning. And then the reports of Russia, you know, civilian targets including these checkpoints and the if you need a country pressure very very i do uh, as i mentioned last week when we talked about the do reflect on the incident in the public media particularly in the united states over this crisis but from my perspective there has not been a similar kind of outpouring about you know refugee crises in parts of africa and in south america and central america and i have to wonder whether there's a racialized component of the coverage of this into our sense of what activates our empathy uh and compassion over these things and so i'm i'm deeply concerned about how people are being harmed there but at the same We've got refugees that are trying to get into this country who we are not equally concerned about. Stephen Belton,
3: Urban League Twin Cities. Appreciate your thoughts and your perspective. Uh, Give your amazing wife our best on International Women's Day, okay?
4: I will do big head, uh, so I may may tone it down a bit. I'll I'll tell her Paul Douglas (laughs) says, you all right.
3: (laughs) Thank you, Stephen. You take care of yourself Thank you. (laughs) You bet. When we come back, Jordana is going to uh, test our knowledge on International Women's Day. And and once again, I see another big fail coming up. But um, DJ and I will take the quiz, and you're welcome to come along for the ride next.
4: Call from
1: mom. Answer it. Call silenced.
2: Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy.
0: Yep. We're gonna see about that. You're always right, my friend.
3: My favorite drop and my favorite <laughs> co-host. Hey, Jor, how are you doing? Hey,
0: sunshine. I'm good. I'm good. I'm I'm great. Glad to hear your voice. Hi, David. David and I were chatting during the break. Uh, good to be with you guys.
3: Well, it's good to be with you. How, how's the morning working out for you? Do you, do you have to get up? You don't have to get up quite as early as no. let's say, Vanita, but you still have no, to get up God earlier, forbid. right?
0: God yeah. forbid. Uh, no, it's actually you know it's kind of nice. I kind of like being done by noon, my friend. I had my my youngest; she does online school. We um, last night we all cooked together, and she and I just went shopping a little bit. So I don't know, kind of nice. So see you later. Yeah. I'm just kidding. I would I would never leave you, my friend.
3: <laughs> well, thank you, thank you for making time to come on and <laughs> and quiz us about it's
0: International Women's
3: Day. It
0: right? is International wow. Women's Day. Yes. And I, I wrote okay. a quiz this morning for um, Dave Harrigan, who's the producer of that mm-hmm. midday show that I've been filling in on. And um, Dave did well. And I thought, you know who needs this quiz? I think Uh-oh. Paul and David need this quiz. They need to be up on International Women's Day trivia. They need to know about it. So I'm coming on to, to teach them a thing or two.
1: Are you feeling lucky here, DJ? Yeah, are they the same ones that Harrigan got asked this morning, same question. Were you listening? No, I was not. Were you not. listening? I was not. Well, Were you listening, DJ? <laughs> but I could text him quick, I guess.
0: You may not text him, <laughs> uh, and they are, but they're good questions, and I thought our afternoon audience, uh, we should share the wealth, right? It's International Women's Day, so we right? have a little fun with it. All we right. learn.
3: All right. All right. All right. We learn the hard uh, way, yes.
0: Okay, boys, we're not alternating. I think I only have five questions, but um, you can – You, it's multiple choice. Let me know which one you think, and I'll tell you who's right. Okay. okay? What is this year's theme for International Women's Day? Is it A, just do it, B, break the bias, or C, breasts are best?
3: <laughs> Paul. Oh, uh, B, I pray it's B. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So you think it's break the bias. Oh, wait. That's number three. That was C. A, just do it. B, break the bias. Or C, breasts are best. It's
3: it's break the bias. B. It's B. (laughs)
0: Okay. You
3: both got it.
0: God. I just like saying breasts are best.
3: (laughs) Breasts are best. (laughs) I like saying it. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh.
0: That was an easy one. Okay. (laughs) This one's harder. Who started International Women's Day? And it is one of these three choices: A, the Democratic Party; B, the Republican Party; or C, the Socialist Party.
1: Wow! Mm, Uh, You guys get to pick.
0: Can you tell us
1: when it was created?
0: Uh, Maybe that's one one of the questions. Uh, It actually, it actually is not one of the questions. But it was created in. It was first declared in 1909. Um, It was observed the last Sunday of February until 1913, and then it began being celebrated March 8th, so declared in 1909. I'm I'm going going,
3: with
1: the Republican Party.
3: I'm going to go socialist. I'm going to say C.
0: Shockingly, Paul is correct.
3: Wow. (laughs) Wow. Well, the 1909, I know mm -hmm, the Socialist mm -hmm. Party was actually a thing back in the early 20th century. Correct. uh,
0: and and it was huh. the Socialist Party of America that first declared National Women's Day. So isn't that yeah Socialist Party wow, of America? Wow. Okay, mm-hmm. wow. Okay, guys, at- what are what is the color of Women's Day? A what? purple, B gold, or C pink? Purple, gold, or pink? What is the color of Women's Day? Because it has a color. Paul, I'm going go, to go. I'm going
1: to go. I'm going to go purple.
0: Okay. David, what uh, do you, Prince, what's I, say you?
1: I'm going to take gold.
0: I wish it were gold. But again, David, he's killing you. Uh, Win for Paul.
1: Okay, okay. Wow.
0: Purple, well, along pink. with green and white, are considered the colors of International Women's Day. Wow. The colors have roots in the United Kingdom, by the way. <laughs> uh, the United Kingdom Women's Social and Political Union from the early 1900s, if you were wondering.
3: <laughs> DJ's scowling at me on the, uh, <laughs> you know. the no, duo. i not. <laughs> You're he thinks You're I'm, just because I'm winning, he thinks I'm cheating. Well, yeah,
1: you know, know. I've played these games Broken with you before. Clock. I know how this goes. And Broken clock cheat, is right so. twice a day, right? <laughs> <laughs> all right?
0: Or you could cheat. So, there. All right. No, in cheating, what man. country? All right. Listen up. In what country did celebrating Women's Day lead to the right for women to vote? So in what country did International Women's Day and the celebration of it lead to for the right to vote, for women to vote. Mm. Is it A, Iran, B, America, or C, Russia? B. Okay, Paul says America. Um, Um, I'm going
1: to go B. I also also agree that it's America.
0: Okay, well, you're both wrong. (sighs) You're both wrong.
1: Really? <clears throat> oh, shoot. Wow. In
0: 1917, women in Russia honored the day by beginning a strike for bread and peace as a way to protest World War I and advocate for gender parity. Czar, Czar, excuse me, Czar Nicholas II, you know, the country's leader, was not impressed and in fact instructed the military to stop the protest and shoot any woman who refused to stand down. Because, you know, that wow. sounds like a reasonable policy. Uh, but get this, the women would not be intimidated, and they continued their protests, and then the czar, a few days later, gave in, and the government granted women the in Russia the right to vote.
3: The right to vote. Uh, Isn't that a great
1: story? story? Did you say they went did on
0: a strike for that. bread? Bread and peace. That was their strike, <laughs> for bread and peace. It was like bread. a way to protest World War One. Okay. Bread okay. and peace. That's oof. Okay. So, right? And he wow. said, shoot them shoot him they continued protesting yeah. and then he gave in i think Putin bluffing. should really take uh, a page from the Tsar's book Tsar's book excuse me because um putin needs a way to back down from this mm. war in ukraine yeah. and uh, the Tsar did it in 1917 so i think putin should do it today but that's my thought uh, okay you guys ready here okay. we go mm-hmm. uh, what what percentage of fortune 500 companies have female ceos uh-oh what percentage okay. of Fortune five hundred companies have female CEOs? Is it's it be, A well, oh would you wanna guess?
3: It's gonna be shockingly low. Say maybe ten okay. yeah. percent. But go go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry.
0: Is it A one percent, B fifteen percent, or C six percent? Fortune All of them are shockingly low, by yeah. the way. Yeah, they, yeah, really. One percent, fifteen percent, or six percent.
1: DJ, you go first. Well, <laughs> no, I want you to go first so I can make up oh, some <laughs> ground on you. I don't, I don't know. It's either six or fifteen. I know. I'm with but, you. You pick one. I'll take the other. God, I don't
3: know. I, sadly, it, it's it. I'm going to go with six percent. It should be fifty percent or higher, mm-hmm. but um.
1: I'll go with six. I got PJ? fifty. I got fifteen. Then I guess
0: he crushed you. It's six percent. <phone rings>
1: Sorry. Six percent. Six.
0: Six. Wow. Percent. Wow. Okay. Couple of other fun facts, yep. if I could throw them in. No quiz here, but fun facts about internet. Well, about women. Disposable diapers, paper bags, the dishwasher, and the foot pedal trash can—all invented by women. Is that? And I'm like, really? yeah, for sure they are. Dishwasher. Because we were washing the disposable, <laughs> we were washing the, the cloth diapers. Yes. So yeah, <laughs> the dishwasher, we were the dishwasher. So for sure. And you know, the foot pedal trash can, we were cleaning in a lot of trash. So yeah, yeah. that is a great invention. So naturally that would be a, a woman thing or invented by a woman.
3: <laughs> I did not know that.
0: And okay. And here's another one that I pulled. This was fun. Heels, high heels were initially worn by men to emphasize their masculinity. <laughs> Isn't that funny? Isn't that funny?
4: And then in the 1600s, in
0: 1600, women started wearing them to mimic men and oh, make wow. them, I guess, more masculine, more powerful, maybe taller. But wasn't that an interesting fun fact? Yeah.
3: Wow. Yeah. You, so you you go. have the best quizzes, George. Thank I you. I do.
0: That's why I invited myself on this show in the afternoon yeah. to quiz you guys. Yeah.
3: It's always great Thank having you your playing. voice on this show. Hurry Thank back, you Yeah, Thank you both you, did Jor. poorly,
0: but you know, good job. <laughs>
3: but I kind, of, I kind of crushed DJ today. Uh, no, you did. Yeah. You actually did well, Paul. Good job. Yeah, yeah it's rare. All right, yeah. uh, Maxie's uh, thanks, Jor. Thank you. Thank you. Got you. Thank it, boys. You. Have fun. You hang in there. Maxie is off today. He's on vacation. We think he's skiing out in Colorado. We're not really sure, but Henry Lake. Uh, is going to be joining us a lot of stuff happening in the sports world stick around Henry up next Henry Lake Sports brought to you by the John Schuster Group at Caldwell Banker Real Estate Maxie's off today Henry graciously agreed to step up and provide some perspective and deep thoughts and ruminations about Russell Wilson traded to the Broncos and Aaron Rodgers apparently stick it around right they they made a pretty sweet deal for Aaron Hey, you
2: know, I actually actually predicted that Aaron Rodgers is going to stay early last week because it just—I got the sense that it was all about attention, and he wanted everybody kind of be concerned about where is he going to go, who's going to trade for him, who's going to do this, and the fact that he kept hopping on the uh, Pat McAfee uh, show um, over the course of the season and and he you know trying to make it seem like it wasn't about him but he just I just to me it became a little bit too much and I'm like look I just don't see that there's going to be a team that's going to offer up what uh whatever people may have thought that they were going to get uh for the Green Bay Packers it just it, it didn't make a whole lot of sense to me plus with the Packers essentially bringing in other people to try to make him feel more comfortable and wanting him to stay it just seemed like the perfect fit for him to stay there
3: yeah i um how does this affect the equation uh that the uh, Vikings are faced with now when it comes to kirk cousins I, I mean people people tell me, please disagree with me, that unless you have an elite quarterback, an elite quarterback, it's going to be darn near impossible to uh to get to the Super Bowl How, how do you respond to that?
2: Well, I don't, I don't, I don't necessarily agree with that. I think that you can get to a Super Bowl without an elite quarterback. Just look back to the L.A. Rams a few years ago when they got to the Super Bowl, and their quarterback was Jared Goff, who's now the quarterback for the Detroit Lions. They had an elite uh, defense at the time, and they had a, an elite running back in Ty Gurley. So, if the other parts of the equation and of your team are elite, right, like a top tier defense. You've got some playmakers like the Vikings have and Dalvin Cook and Justin Jefferson. Yeah, you could get there. And But I guess the issue is people are wondering, will the Vikings move on from Kirk Cousins now that we know that Aaron Rodgers, who's the best quarterback in the NFC and the best quarterback in this division, is going to be staring the Minnesota Vikings in the face for the next four years with that contract extension. So we know that Kirk Cousins is not going to be the best quarterback in the division because Aaron Rodgers is not going anywhere.
3: You know who's elite? The Wolves, fifth straight win, 43-point crushing victory over Portland. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, the, the Wolves are for real this year.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think that we're much better. Like, we're, we're vastly improved because of the chemistry and Chris Finch being the head coach. But I am not going to, and I said this last night on Timberwolves tonight on the postgame, I'm not going to gloat about last night. Like, that Portland Trail Blazers team – they traded away C.J. McCollum a month ago. They don't have Damian Lillard. Uh, that, was a, that was a G League team. So I, I know that we took care of business and we did what we're supposed to do, right? Like when a team is down, you kick them in the face and, you, you know, you, you keep your foot on their throat and you're supposed to beat them and handle them the way that we did. But I'm not going to gloat about that because you're supposed to be bad teams if you are a good team. And right now the Minnesota Timberwolves, like you just mentioned, Paul, they are a very good team.
3: Are you hopeful that a Major League Baseball deal is going to get done here in the short term, Henry?
2: I hope so, but I did talk to about four or five reporters over the course of last weekend, and each one of them said to me the same thing. They believe that we will start the Major League Baseball season on May 1st. And so that that I know that's frustrating. Nobody wants to hear that. I don't want to hear it. I want to be at Target Field. I want to see baseball here um you know in april but if they're all saying that and they all believe that then i have to kind of trust what i'm hearing and i think that a lot of the the national reporters are kind of feeling the same way too
3: you doing okay henry I, your show is amazing are, are, are everything okay
2: i'm doing good can you see me some good weather paul <laughs>
3: yeah, it could be 60 next week henry
2: i'll, t- I'll take that If you can guarantee me 60, I am going to be smiling until we get that 60. I don't care what the temperature is after that.
3: Henry, it'll be 60 somewhere. Hopefully
1: here. We'll see. (laughs) Hang in there, my friend.
2: We'll be right right back.